Hello, hola, and konnichiwa. I am your host, Daniel Gumby Freeland, and this is the Prelim Primer, the one and only podcast fully dedicated to the curtain jerkers. Of course, we're talking about those fighting in the prelims of upcoming UFC fight cards. This weekend is UFC Vegas 40, Aspen Ladd versus Norma Dumont. Let's be honest, a little bit of an underwhelming card, but we're not even going to talk about this underwhelming main card. No, 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 no. We here at the Prelim Primer are focused on the prelim portion of the card. Now, for those of you who are out there and maybe new to the show, thinking to yourself, look, this main card is struggling. Why are we focused on the prelims? The answer is really simple. The answer is, you know some of these names on the main card. You know you know Aspen Ladd, you know Norma Dumont, you know Jim Miller and Andre Arlovsky. But you might not know some of these names on the prelims. There are some pretty vague names on there that you might not be familiar with. And we are here to help you. Because whether you're playing daily fantasy sports, you're gambling, you're trying to win a pick'em contest, you got to know those prelim guys. That's how you take it home. That's how you win the dough. So we're here to help you with that. Now, before we get to helping you with that, I do have to let you know that this episode of the Prelim Primer is brought to you by the All-Star app. These days, there are so many previews, recaps, analysis, and podcasts out there. It's more than you can shake a stick at. It's actually too much. And if you're looking to get that insight and that edge, it can be hard to block out the noise from what really matters. And that's why you should download the All-Star app. They provide you with expert commentary from some of the best and most respected names in the sports world, yours truly included. And all of this incredible content is packaged right into an intuitive, fully interactive app right in the palm of your hand, totally free. That's right, totally free. There's lots of other great features to the All-Star app that I'll tell you about a little bit later on in the show. But for right now, you can go download the All-Star app in either the Google Play Store, the App Store, or by visiting the theallstar.io. Now, to break down some fights, I am, of course, joined by a co-host joining me today from Sportskeeda. I am talking to Lucas Grandsire. Lucas, thank you so much for joining me. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a, it's been a while since I was on this show, so it's good to be back. And it's great to have you back. And as you might remember, we start each and every round by putting five minutes on the clock. And we're going to start this round by talking about Bruno Silva versus Andrew Sanchez. So Silva won his debut over Wellington Tournament by knockout. That was back in June. Sanchez, meanwhile, has alternated wins and losses for his last four fights. He's, of course, coming off a knockout loss to Mahmoud Muradov by flying knee. So my question here is pretty simple. Bruno Silva has got absolute dynamite in his hands. Andrew Sanchez prefers to wrestle. Is Sanchez going to be able to get Silva down quick enough? And if not, does he stand a chance on the feet? I mean, that's the breakdown, right? Is uh, Andrew Sanchez going to be able to take him down? Uh, I- I'm not sure, man. I mean, Sanchez, you know, it doesn't doesn't necessarily have some bad results. They both knocked out tournaments, so that's pretty impressive. But uh, I tend to lean with Bruno Silva's power. I feel like you got to trust the power guy in this one, even though the wrestler, you know, can always have some weirdness. But I feel like Andrew Sanchez is going to try to stand with him, and that's where uh, Bruno Silva is going to find a home for that big power. I, I'm so glad you said that, too, because I was literally thinking the same thing when I was breaking down this fight, is Andrew Sanchez got that knockout over Wellington Terman, right? And, like, that, that's, first <laughs> of all, very impressive. But second of all, that can be the worst thing that happens to a wrestler's career, is that he could knock somebody out. I mean, we saw it with, <laughs> you want to go way back, we saw it with Gabriel Gonzaga against Miracle Krokop. He knocked out Miracle Krokop, he thought he was a kickboxer for the rest of his <laughs> life. And I'm not saying Andrew Sanchez is definitely going to do that. But Mahmoud Murdoff put it on him, and I think some of it was that he wasn't as urgent to wrestle. So, yeah, if he's not urgently wrestling Bruno Silva here, I think he's making a mistake. I definitely think Bruno Silva tags him on the feet. I mean, I guess we can make this real simple then. We, we both seem to think Andrew Sanchez is going to make the mistake. He's going to stand and trade too long. He's going to get tagged. You think it's a knockout here, and if so, what round you got it in? 
That's a good question. I'm going to go second round. Second feels safe, right? Not too early, not too late. I feel like second round is the, the safer pick. Yeah, I'm going to go with first round, too. I, I think Bruno Silva, he's got that power early, and he's not afraid to throw it. Also, you know, worth mentioning here, too, before, you know, we officially log our knockout one predictions here. I also just think Bruno Silva's got decent wrestling defense. Uh, he's a very strong dude. So um, I think even if Sanchez does come to wrestle, it's not going to do him very much good. Uh, that brings us to our next fight, which is Danny Hot Chocolate Roberts versus Ramazan Amiev. Roberts snapped a two-fight losing streak last time out. He knocked out Zalimi Madaev. That was all the way back in November of 2019, though. So it has been almost two years since we've seen Danny Hot Chocolate Roberts. And it was a knockout over a guy who we haven't really heard much of since then. Uh, Amiev, meanwhile, has looked pretty damn good. He's won two straight. He beat Nicholas Stolza, and he beat David Zavada. Although the Zavada one was a split decision. So again, maybe not the best result for Ramazan Amiev, a guy people have been pretty high on. Uh, that fight, of course, back in January. Now, here's my question for you. Ramazan Amiev, he's a guy who's been pretty hyped. A lot of people, I think they throw him in that Russian guy, has to be good at takedown camp. But he's not really gotten people down at the same rate as, you know, a lot of his, his countrymen. So my question here is, is he good enough to ground Danny Roberts? And if so, what happens if he doesn't? I mean, Danny Roberts is a good fighter, but I think we can all agree that his big issue is going to be his chin. That's always something that's let him down. And he's one of these guys that's capable of going on a win streak or, you know, having a newcomer come in and knock him out. We've seen it a couple of times. So uh, I don't know, man, the, the safe pick does not feel like Roberts because he's such a wild card coming off the layoff, coming off of, uh, well, you know, the several knockout losses. So I, I'm not sure about this one. I mean, this feels like a fight where there's some weirdness, but at the same time, Amiev doesn't necessarily have that big knockout power. So I, I'm not sure about this one. Yeah, it is a weird one. I will say this, and, you know, I, I mentioned Amiev's inability to get takedowns. If you look at his uh, his fight metric page, or I think, guess it's UFC stats now, he is only shooting uh, about 60% of takedowns as he's scoring, a little bit over 60% of takedowns. But a lot of it is is struggling against some guys who are pretty good at defending him. I think Danny Roberts is probably not good at defending him. So in addition to having kind of a questionable chin, I'm also a little bit worried about his takedown defense in this one. You know, Amiev, maybe not the most successful grappler, but I ultimately, I think probably good enough to take it to the ground if he is having trouble with Danny Roberts on the feet. So you're, you're right. This is definitely a weird stylistic one, but uh, we've come to the end of the round, and I do have to ask you who you got in this one and how do you got him? Uh, I'm going to go with what feels like a safe pick, but it's the prelim, so prelims are always weird. I'm going to go with uh, Amiev by decision. Yeah, and I'm going to do the exact same thing, so it looks like we're going to be pretty much right in line in this first round. I'm going to take Amiev by decision. He does not seem like much of a finisher, so even if you are questioning the durability of Danny Roberts, it does seem like he is probably going to last here with Ramazan Amiev. And that's going to do it for the end of our first round. We're going to take a quick break, talk to a sponsor, and we will be right back with round number two. Alright guys, one of my favorite features of the All-Star app, it's got to be the player bios. Say you're looking to do a little research about an upcoming fight between Aspen Ladd and Norma Dumont. Well, you would click on that fight, which is super easy to find in their scores tab. And not only are you going to get when that fight is happening, where that fight is happening, but you're going to get the opening lines and the current lines. So you can see the movement, what way the trends are betting. And you'd also see the opening and current lines for the overs and unders as well. So it's not just betting lines, but it's also full records dating back to their pro debuts and so much more information, heights, reaches, anything you could possibly need to do some background information before you bet right there in the palm of your hand. 
download the All-Star app in the Google Play Store or the App Store or by visiting allstar.io. And we are back with round number two. I'm going to put another five minutes on the clock. And I'm going to start this round by talking about Lupito Godinez versus Luana Carolina. So last round we talked about somebody coming off of a two-year layoff. Today we're going to be talking about somebody on a seven-day layoff. That's right, seven days. Lupita Godinez, one and one in the UFC. She won by submission last weekend against Silvana Gomez-Juarez. And she is coming back on just seven days to fight Luana Carolina, who was originally supposed to fight Sajara Eubanks. She's 2-1 and one since joining the UFC. She most recently took a split decision victory over Pollyanna Botello that was back in May. So, obviously, Lupita Godinez looked so good in the last fight. She mixed in wrestling, which is new and kind of interesting. She, she had four takedowns, a, a really slick armbar from the back. I guess my question is, is do you think that that physicality, that wrestling and all of that will play up in a division higher than she's used to fighting in? Yeah, I mean, may, maybe not quite as much since, you know, we know with the women, the weight classes can get real weird. 10 pounds seems like 30 pounds sometimes. But Lupita Godina is like that. The big thing you have to remember with her is that she's extremely gritty. I don't know if people watch that last fight in LFA, but she proved her great right there. So I feel like if you have a fighter like that that's willing to do whatever it takes and it seems pretty well-rounded, I feel like that would be the fighter you would lean towards, even though, you know, there's a short, you know, very short layoff and then, uh, you know, coming in on seven days notice up a weight class. Yeah, and I think you're right. I think she is ultimately much more well-rounded than Luana Carolina, who largely I see is like a Muay Thai kickboxer, right? Like she works well in the clinch. She likes the elbows. She throws some kicks. But but we saw she she fought Ariane Lipsky and she looked clueless on the mat, right? And Ariane Lipsky, <laughs> no offense to Ariane Lipsky, I, I like watching Lipsky fight nobody's accusing her of being a world-class grappler, right? Like, no, like she, no. she is also a kickboxer, yet somehow she walks out of that fight with one of the most brutal knee bars I've ever seen in my whole life, right? And so, you know, we're, we're talking about Godinez here, who seems to have jiu-jitsu skills that we had never really seen before, right? Like, brand-new skills here from Libido Godinez. And all of a sudden, she's fighting somebody who seems to be kind of confused when it hits the mat. So... It certainly is interesting, although I'm so interested to see how size plays into uh, this weird dynamic. And sadly, we're at the end of breaking this fight down. So I got to have your pick, Carolina or Godinez. Uh, I'm going to go with Godinez. I feel like, you know, she's she's more well-rounded. I'm hoping for her that the shorter weight cut and then maybe just being more fight ready. So I'm going to go with Godinez and most likely by decision. I'm going to take Godinez here and I'm going to go crazy. I'm going to say she picks up... Her second straight submission of her career in a seven-day span. I'd say she subs Luana Carolina. We're gonna go even. We're gonna get specific. We'll say rear naked choke. Um, yeah, I think the wow. turn, I think the turnaround might be crazy, but I'll also say this. I think ultimately she wasn't injured in that fight, and I think this might be the best thing for her. Um, and that brings us to our second fight of this round, which is Ludovic Klein versus Nate Landwehr. Klein, 1-1 one one in the UFC. He lost to Mike Trezano his last time out. That was by decision back in May. Landwehr, meanwhile, 1-2 in the UFC. He beat Darren Elkins, but most recently, he was knocked out by Julian Juicy J. Rosa by flying knee back in February. So obviously, the, the question about Landwehr is he, he's a guy who has kind of gotten by on his durability and his ability to slug, gets knocked out the last time, and is now fighting somebody who hits like Klein... Are you worried about his durability in this fight, or do you think that that last one was kind of a fluke? No, 100%. I'm worried about the durability. I mean, Julian Arosa, I don't think anyone's going to accuse him of having big power. So 
I'm definitely worried. It does feel like Landwehr is on a little bit of a decline. So for me, this fight's going to be very important to see, you know, how accurate that is. Yeah, and, and you're right. Julian Rosa, typically not. Well, I guess he, he does have some power here and there, right? Like he did tag Sean Woodson a little bit, although he didn't finish him. It's not that like one touch knockout power, but it did definitely woozy Nate Landwehr. Uh, and, and yeah, like the, the interesting thing about Ludovic Klein is that counterpunch from him. And he is a great counterpuncher. That that's really what this comes down to: the aggression of Landwer versus the counterpunching of Ludovic Klein. I think that the counterpunching of his holds up here uh, against somebody like like Landwer. Uh, certainly, Landwer could come forward and just throw bombs the whole time. But I mean, like he was also knocked out by Herbert Burns, who like again yeah. nobody's nobody's calling Herbert Burns a knockout <laughs> artist either. Much exactly. less so, much less so than Julian Arosa, as long as we're being honest. So. Right. Um, seems like we're on the p- same page for the fourth straight fight. So tell me how you got him winning it. Yeah, definitely have Klein. I mean, you know, that Trezano loss did not scare me away. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go Klein and definitely knockout. Maybe second round, I feel. I like that. I'm going to take him the same exact way. I'll take second round knockout here from Ludovic Klein. I think the counter eventually catches the chin of Landwehr and he goes right to sleep. And that's going to do it for the end of our second round. We'll be right back with round number three. All right, guys, one other thing that I really love about the All-Star app is their news feed. If you're the type of person who gets your sports news from social media, stop doing that. Start reading the All-Star app because they use a proprietary algorithm that brings you only the highest quality sports news right there in the palm of your hand. Plus, you can personalize your own feed so that you only get the sports news that you care about. And you get it all in one nice, neat little spot. So if this sounds like something you'd be into, and I think it is, Go download the All-Star app in either the Google Play Store, the App Store, or by visiting theallstar.io. And we are back with round number three. I'm going to put another five minutes on the clock. And we're going to start this round by talking about Bacarel Dana versus Brandon Davis. So Dana, back-to-back wins over Guido Canetti and Kevin Natividad. Both of those wins were vicious knockouts, the latter of which was back in May. Uh, Davis actually released by the UFC after a five-fight skid where he went one in four, although against names like Zabit Magomed Sharapov and Giga Chikadze. Um, but of course, since then, he's won four straight fights on the regional scene. He gets the call back to the UFC for this one. Now, these two just love to throw hands. They love to brawl. It's going to be an absolute slobber knocker here. I'd be surprised if it didn't win bonus money. But who do you like if this devolves into just absolute chaos? I mean, it has to. This is a card that needs chaos, at least from the prelims. Uh, I feel like you want to go with the the Mongolian here, Bet Geral. Like that, that would be for me the much safer pick. He's getting wins over some legit competition, getting the knockouts. Uh, I feel more comfortable with him. But Brandon Davis, you know, coming off the regional scene, second chance, like definitely room for some weirdness. I, I agree with you entirely, and and I'm also going to back Bacarel here, too. You know, we're 5-for-5 five five in agreeing. We're going to have to pick <laughs> something up. But, yeah, I'm also going to back, back Bacarel here, too, mostly just because when you look at this fight, you know, Brandon Davis, is, is he's a little bit of a plotter. He moves forward at kind of a slower pace. He, he tries to put punches in bunches, which is nice. But at the same time, he's against a guy who I, I think is faster than him. And, and that's the thing that alarms me is that, I don't think Brandon Davis is used to fighting people faster than him. And when he has, it's looked a lot like his loss to Giga Chikadze, or it's looked a lot like his loss to Megamed Sharapov. And, and yeah, okay, he's super durable. You know, Giga didn't put him away. And in, in fact, one judge somehow gave it to Brandon Davis, um, <laughs> which, again, ju- judging an MMA, uh, it is what it is. 
Um, but yeah, like I, I think ultimately guys who are faster than him give him trouble. So yeah, I, I like Bakarel Dana here. Now the big question, of course, is how do you see the guy getting it done? That's a tough one because he's a finisher. I don't know. I would say this for me would be maybe one of the rare times we see him go to a decision. I feel like Davis has the has the toughness for it. Yeah, I agree with you entirely. I'm also going to go with uh, Bakarel Dana by decision here. I just think. Yeah, Brandon Davis, just tough as nails, is going to probably take a beating, maybe squeak out around in there with a little bit of wrestling, but yeah, ultimately I think this is uh, Dana's fight. And that brings us to our very last fight, which is Estella Nunez versus Ariane Carnalosi. Nunez is 7-1, making her debut. She last fought for 1FC, and get this, July of 2018. That's right, July of 2018, it has been over three years since we've seen her. She also fought for their 115-pound belt. It's actually her only loss. That was to Angela Lee. Carnalosi, meanwhile, 1-1 one one in the UFC. She lost her debut to Angela Hill, but rebounded to beat Na Liang last time out. So, I, I just got to ask. You know, we got a UFC newcomer in here. Only eight fights into her career. And, and she's been away for three years. You know, are, are there things that make you feel good about Estela Nunes in this fight? Or are all of those just, like, triggers instantly, like... Man, we got to pick against her. I mean, the video is not on, so you guys can't see all the lights that are flashing, the red flags that are waving and everything. The only thing for me is she did compete at a high level at one championship. So it's like, you know, you maybe have that kind of experience, but not nah, too, way too many red flags on this one. The long layoff facing a really legitimate opponent and then nah, too many, too many like warning lights for me. Th- that certainly makes sense. And I will say the thing about Carnalosi too, is she does not let you feel comfortable in a fight like she gets in your face she throws incredible amounts of volume when she is in your face granted not like if you just counter volume over the fight she has periods of inactivity but her periods of activity are furious so she's going to be in Nunez's fight Nunez is going to know she's in a fight immediately um and I don't know that that necessarily favors her I don't I don't know especially with a three-year layoff you know shaking off a little bit of the ring rust how that's going to work but uh you know it is definitely an interesting matchup for somebody who has fought at such a high level. You know, I mentioned Angela Lee. She also beat Mei Yamaguchi, who's a legend of the sport. Not enough people talk about Mei Yamaguchi. Um, so it, it, it is certainly an interesting one. So I guess we get who you're leaning to here. Tell us how you see you're getting it done. Ooh, that's a tough one. Definitely going on Karna Lossi. I mean, e- even if you want to look at her losses, right? Who's she lost to? Angela Hill. And for her debut, she had Amanda Hebos. That's extremely unlucky. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't really trust this one. She's, she's a finisher, but I don't know. I'm going to go decision. I feel like that's a safer pick uh, on this one. I think it is a safer pick too, but here's the thing. I'm actually going to differ with you on this one. I'm going to take Estella Nunes, even with the long layoff, even with the time away, even with the fact that, you know, she's making her UFC debut possibly as ring rust. I'm still going to pick her because I kind of like her Muay Thai style. I, I think it could possibly play well in spoiling somebody who does like to get really aggressive like Carnalosi. So, and plus we need a difference here. So I'm going to take Estella Nunez. <laughs> I'll take her by decision. And that's going to do it for the end of our third round. We gave you guys six, maybe of not the greatest fights in the world, but six fights. We gave you all the information you possibly need to know about them in just a little bit over 15 minutes. So we hope you learned something and we hope it is more entertaining than this card might possibly be this coming weekend. But regardless... Uh, once again, you can follow me on Twitter at Gumby Vreeland, and you can follow my co-host Lucas Grandsire at Lucas Grandsire MMA. Lucas, thanks so much for joining me, man. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me.